Farm Exec Podcast. I'm Michelle Scali, Senior Editor at Farm Exec Magazine. Hi guys, I'm Kristen Harm, Associate Editor at Farm Exec Magazine. For those of you just joining us for the first time, Pharmaceutical Executive Magazine is a multimedia publishing brand that brings you the latest commercial insights for the C-suite. So Kristen, what are we talking about on today's episode? Today's a pretty exciting day for the Pharmacex podcast. We have our first ever Chief Financial Officer joining us. We talked to Appellus' CFO, Tim Sullivan. We'll be back with Tim after this quick break. Join Pharmaceutical Executive in its 10th year of honoring up-and-coming professionals who are vital to the future of the pharmaceutical and biotech industry. Nominate yourself or a colleague for PharmExec's 2018 Emerging Pharma Executive Program. Find all the details on our website at pharmexec.com slash leaders2018. Today on the podcast, we have Tim Sullivan, who's the Chief Financial Officer at Appellus, and he's going to give us an inside look at the role of an industry CFO. Welcome, Tim. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. So, Tim, can you briefly tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Sure. Um, I became the Chief Financial Officer of Appellus Pharmaceuticals in October 2017, uh, before that, I was a venture capitalist for around four years at a company called Aju IB Investment, and Apellus was one of our largest investments, and I was a board observer for nearly four years and got to know Apellus really well through that. Um, and again, in October, uh, the board uh, was looking for a chief financial officer, and the opportunity came up, and, and uh, um, they nominated me, and I took the job. So, Tim, you're actually a farm exec first. We've always had these three executives on, but you're actually our first CFO. Um, so one of the reasons I thought it would be interesting to talk with you was because the CFO position, despite it obviously being a very important part of the executive team, seems to never get that much attention in pharma. We're always concentrating on your chief medical officers, your CEOs, um, and you're especially interesting because you're not only a numbers guy, but you're also a science guy. You have a bachelor's degree in biology and an MBA. So tell us a little bit about how that came about. Well, that's very exciting. I didn't realize I was the uh, first chief financial officer, so um, <laughs> thank you for that. Um, so when I when I was an undergrad, um, as you said, I was a I had um, uh, focused on biology in my undergraduate studies, and really thought I was going to become a doctor. Um, after college, I did some clinical research for a few years in a cardiac surgery group at an academic hospital in Boston, looking to sort of better patient outcomes, uh, and ultimately decided to go to business school to have a broader impact as opposed to sort of a patient-level one. And, you know, it, at that time, I started to think about what I really wanted to do. I was in business school, and I ended up taking a summer internship at Pfizer, working on the launch of Viagra, which was which was a great experience. And I kind of realized that the pharmaceutical industry, particularly the biotech industry, actually still had that obvious uh, sort of focus on the biology, helping people. Um, but I also really became interested in finance and accounting during my business school days. 
And really that led to me trying to combine the two. And the first place I did that was in investment banking, and everything sort of flowed from there. And uh, and now here I am really doing sort of a, a job that combines that that history I have in the biology and also uh, and also all of the experience I gained through investment banking and through venture capital now as the CFO of, of Apellis. What's also fascinating about you is that for about three years, well, actually up until October of last year, you were an observer on Apellis' board of directors and, as you mentioned earlier, a partner at an investment company where you led the firm's life sciences investments. So what made you take the leap from that position to filling the CFO role at Apellis? Well, I was really lucky to make the transition from banking to venture capital and spent four years, as you said, at Audio IB Investment, um, really focused on evaluating what made a biotechnology company special. We would see somewhere around 200 companies a year, and then we would invest in maybe four of them. Um, and we really had to think about what made a company special. Uh, one of our most important and promising investments was Apellis. And through that investment, I actually became a board observer, so I was a participating board member uh, really from, as you said, r roughly about four years before I, I transitioned into a management role at Apellis. And, you know, that that leap was really facilitated by that relationship and the depth of the relationships that I built as a member of the, of the, of the board. You know, when we made that investment, the role, you know, was, was, immediately changed from one where we were purely analytical at Audio IB Investment, looking at whether or not Apellis was a company we would invest in. And that really shifted, as I became a member of the board, to to how can I help the company become what it, it, it we all thought it would become. And, you know, this, this investment was really, you know, at a time when Apellis was preclinical. It really didn't have any, any data to make it attractive as an investment to, say, public investors. Uh, it was still a very early-stage company. And I think through that work, I, I built some relationships in the company, and ultimately uh, that resulted in, in me wanting to take you know, even a more active role uh, in helping the company realize its potential. And that opportunity came about in October of 2017, and, and I really jumped at the job um, because really the quality of the people um, just made it such a dream opportunity, both the purpose of the company, you know, the people, the, the biology, and and really everything about it that made it so so interesting as an investment for us it was just something i decided i really wanted to do and the opportunity came up it was just it was too much to to pass up that's so interesting i love that story cuz you know you've actually kind of been involved from the beginning then you actually got to see them grow um and you know I, you, you could see firsthand all of the stuff that they were doing so you weren't entering a company not knowing about them <laughs> Yeah, that was a bit of an unusual piece to the story because um, I developed good relationships with the team. I saw it from the beginning, and you know, it wasn't like I sort of applied one of seven or eight or ten people for for a job. This was this was something I knew really, really well and really believed in, and still really believe in. So, I think that's so interesting and so unique. Um, I love that. So, as we mentioned, though, the CFO sometimes gets a little less attention in pharma as they would compare to other industries because we're usually so focused on the science. So what are some of the challenges for someone in this role? Give us a little inside look at that. Sure, and I, I know it's so sad. We CFOs get no respect. Um, <laughs> but no, 
you know, in all seriousness, in all seriousness, yeah, the part of the, you know, part of the CF, CFO role is just a very formal role. There's the accounting component, the compliance functions, and all these can feel very removed from the core business, especially the science of, of business and biotech. And so, to the degree, you know, that is the sole focus of a CFO, that, you know, that can, that can and rightly would take you away from sort of the, you know, what's perceived as the as the value creation of the company. And in a commercial biotech or a commercial pharma, the big multinational companies, the accounting, the operational functions, those take up really a great portion of the time of a CFO. In development stage biotech, like Apellis, where there's no revenue, uh, limited commercial infrastructure, no marketing, uh, a lot of the a lot of the time really needs of a CFO really needs to be focused on the financing of the operations. We don't have revenue, we don't have earnings, so we get our capital to fund our 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 dreams uh, and the hopes of our our clinical candidates uh, through the capital markets through investors. And so, you know, in order to help with that, really the you know that that makes a CFO role for a development stage biotech a little bit different. The CFO really should be able to help in that function, raising capital, the finance function of a biotech. And really in order to help with that, a background in accounting alone isn't going to do it. Um, investors are really savvy about the science, um, you know, the potential market, the reimbursement landscape, and really everything else that makes a biotech op- opportunity potentially valuable. And as a result, if a CFO wants to be helpful in raising capital, they really have to be able to help the company figure out the best way to finance and try to help get it there. And, you know, from that perspective, it's really helpful to understand not just the science, but where we fit into the competitive landscape and, you know, what it, and to try to put ourselves in the shoes of an investor who may potentially invest in a palace and really think about what makes it an attractive investment for them. And so that, you know, that, aspect of the CFO job in a development stage biotech really is a bit different from, you know, the what we think of as the standard CFO. So, you know, in development stage biotech, I'd say, you know, oftentimes a CFO can be a little bit different from the standard um, accounting background. Uh, you know, oftentimes you'll see a PhD or somebody, even a, a physician who becomes a CFO of a biotech company. And I think that's to to sort of facilitate the conversations between management and a very savvy and sometimes very science-oriented uh, investment community. So to balance that out, what do you like best about your position? Well, there's a lot to love about the job. As you pointed out before, uh, I've been around Apellis for a number of years now in, in a different role. And you know, I think the first thing I would really say is that I just really love working with the people. Um, I knew the senior management team before taking this job, and, and I really I really respect them. I think they're incredibly good at what they do. Um, our CEO is, uh, I, I think he's a visionary. He's incredibly intelligent. He's a fun guy to work with, and, you know, he has a real vision for the company, and he drives, uh, he drives the organization forward at a very, I think, uh, uh, strong pace that, you know, I think is going to result in some, I hope is going to result in some in some pretty meaningful, uh, you know, meaningful changes in the lives of patients who suffer from autoimmune diseases. Um, I'm excited by the science. You know, the whole mission is to make people's lives better through targeting sort of a, a very specific part of our immune system called complement. And this approach really has 
it has great potential. So for me, really, I think it's sort of the whole thing. I mean, um, being able to combine the, the finance, the biology, the fantastic people all working together towards the mission to help every, you know, to help people um, who are suffering from diseases. You know, this really, for me, it's kind of, it's just a, it's a dream job. It's always nice when you can kind of combine all of your interests. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, so, you know, we're not going to let you get away with not talking about pricing and profitability, of course. <laughs> of course. <laughs> but, um, and, we, and we talked about this, in, you know, in your Q&A, which we'll talk about later um, in Farming Facts, because you're, on our, you're actually on our cover this, this month. Um, mm-hmm. But when we do talk about the CFO world, the question of being profitable while still keeping therapies affordable always comes up. And it's got to be a tough position for you, especially since you see the science and you're also, you know, the numbers guy. Um, so how does someone in your position balance this out? I, it's got to be a tough job. Yeah, and I mean, um, you know, it doesn't all fall to me. And I, I'll say our CEO thinks about this a lot. I think about it a lot. We all, at Appellas, we all feel it's part of our social responsibility to get that right. Um, you know, we don't have an approved product yet, so uh, we don't actually have to, you know, figure out what our pricing looks like. And I don't think the the full understanding of our drug is clear enough to to understand what the benefit and and you know the risk reward is of of our drug, um, our lead drug. So, you know, it's just entering the last stage of clinical testing. So we've you know we haven't really had any formal discussions on price, but. You know, it's it's on our mind, and it's a fundamental part of our value proposition. So we do think about it uh, all the time. Um, one thing I'll say is that biotech drugs they cost a lot to make, and they're very risky to develop. You know, there's a a, a very well cited study that Tufts does that says it costs two and a half billion dollars to get a drug approved, and that combines all of the failed drugs and everything. So it's sort of an average industry spend and the number divided by um, the number of drugs approved. And it's very expensive to develop drugs. Many of them fail. One in ten that enter human testing make it to uh, to the final stages and even to approval. And that's just a very low success rate. So the people who are in biotech, I mean, I feel we all sort of take a real risk in this business when we put all of our eggs into one company sort of basket. And And, you know, I think a lot of that gets lost in the shuffle of drug pricing, but um, – but I think that, you know, what we think internally is that, you know, when when we hope our drug um, gets approved, uh, at that time the environment that will exist in three years, let's say, will look a lot different. Um, you know, we will price according to the value of the benefit that patients receive, and I think that that's going to be the standard in three years. And right now, there are a lot of drugs that are inarguably priced above the benefit that they confer. You know, we're committed from a social responsibility perspective to do the right thing and price drugs according to the benefit that we think um, that we think they provide to patients. So it's it's interesting. I just want to add one quick note um, that you say that because I was just actually at a Financial Times Live event yesterday in Manhattan, and they mm-hmm. were talking about drug pricing and all of this, and their comment was that the system, I guess the takeaway really was that the system is not ready to pay, like with all of these biologics and stuff, but that in two to three years, they think the system in general will understand how to do it, they'll understand a lot more of it. So it's interesting that you said that because that's exactly kind of what they were saying yesterday. 
So um, I, to- I totally agree, as you can imagine. <laughs> I totally agree. And yeah. I think uh, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of near term movement. Obviously, uh, you know, President Trump has said a few things that are um, today. He has a speech that looks like it's going to be um, focused on the drug pricing debate, and a lot of that needs to happen. Yeah, it's interesting that you said that because it's just like I said yesterday. It was uh, it was talked yeah. about a lot. Everything. It's just a landscape. It's kind of like a growing game. I feel like right now. Absolutely. For those on the financial side of a biopharma or pharma companies who aspire to be, you know, a CFO one day, what type of career advice would you give them? That's a very good question. Uh, it obviously depends um, on, as we talked about, we have the, the CFO role of a, of a big pharma, of a commercial organization, things that are very, that, that role, again, is very um, operationally focused very uh, accounting focused uh, it, you know it deal you're dealing with a, a commercial organization with revenue salesforce lots of variables that require you know a great deal of attention that that a CFO of a developing stage biotech doesn't really have but I can certainly speak to to what it takes um, or at least what you know as a as a former investor what I like to see in a in a CFO of a development stage uh, biotechnology company. And that is if you are, you know, in the finance group of a of a company um, looking to move out and go, let's say, into the CFO role of a of a development stage biotech, is that you understand not just the accounting, not just the um, operational aspects, not just um, not just how to keep how to do the compliance within a company. Uh, those things are all critical, and um, they're they're sort of a baseline set of knowledge. But if you're going to move into a development stage biotechnology company and you really want to help that company uh, essentially get more wood for the fire, <laughs> if you want to get that that sort of optimal financing uh, uh, event so that you can invest more in, in your promising product candidates, you've really got to understand the investor universe. And understanding that investor universe means understanding how they think, not just and how they value biotechnology companies. And you're a critical part of that as a CFO. So you need to understand a lot more than you know, just the internal workings of the company. You need to understand the markets for your drugs. Um, you need to understand, to some degree, the science. You need to understand the competitive landscape. You need to understand reimbursement, what you think it'll look like um, when you launch a drug, um, and a lot of other variables that relate to that. Ultimately, um, it does come down to the financial analysis. When you're a CFO, you obviously will understand the discounted cash flow analysis, and that's a very sort of a standard way of, of valuing companies that are commercial. It's the same thing for uh, biotechnology companies. It's just that revenue, that cash flow is pushed out five or so years, and you need to know what variables go into that set of assumptions that, that spits out that cash flow from your discounted cash flow analysis. And all those assumptions are really market assumptions in the future. Um, so you have to have to have a pretty good understanding of how the world, or at least a, a preliminary understanding of how the world looks in your in your um, target therapeutic landscape, and how it'll look when you launch a drug. All of those things are, you know, not necessarily not necessarily um, taught, you know, in accounting jobs in in companies. These are things that you really have to learn on your own outside of the, uh, you know, outside of the work environment or 
you know, sometimes just, uh, you know, through experience uh, as a, you know, working in a, in a biotechnology company, let's say at a, you know, at a, at a controller level or, um, you know, or in another accounting role. So that, what I would say is just pay attention to the stuff that, you know, a CFO has to do and try to build out the experience and the skill set. Look to the job you've got to do and then, and, and see what that entails and try to build the skill set that will allow you to be successful in that role. I think that's really great insight. Thank you so much, Tim, for joining us. We really appreciate you taking the time out of your schedule uh, to be with us and our listeners today. Thank you. So um, for our listeners, Tim was actually on the front cover of our May issue. We did a pretty in-depth question and answer with him. And if you go to our website, farmexact.com, and you search his name, you'll be able to read our entire article on Tim and get some more of his great insights. And now it's time for this week's leadership tip from Pharma Execs. Hello, this is Tim Sullivan. I'm the CFO of Appellus Pharmaceuticals, and here's my management tip for the day. Uh, a long time ago, someone once told me that in order to be a good leader, you have to be invested in the success of the people around you and the people who work for you. And I've always found that to be incredibly useful and very helpful in my career. Thank you guys for listening. We hope you enjoyed this week's Farm Exec podcast. We are always pleased to take you behind the headlines, provide expert tips from industry leaders, and give you an inside look at what the Farm Exec staff is working on. Remember that you can always find us on the web at farmexec.com, on Twitter at farmexec, or on Instagram at farmexecutive, and on YouTube. The views expressed on this podcast do not reflect the views of FarmExec, its parent company, or our advertisers. For editorial questions, please email editorial director lisa.henderson at ubm.com. And for sponsorship opportunities, please email group publisher Todd Baker at todd.baker at ubm.com.